Minute. Good morning and welcome to The Wise Why. I'm joined this morning by Kieran Pearson. I hope I said that correctly and we will come on to that later. If I'm lucky, we are actually streaming as well at the same time on LinkedIn as we are on YouTube because I decided to try and save time because after all, that's what we all want to do is speed up and slow down our lives at the same time. Now, I met Kieran about 12 years ago when I was looking for a job that would take me or rather enable me to buy a house. So yeah, Kieran has been an incredible support and an incredible friend over the last 12, 13 years. And I wouldn't be sitting here today uh, as the founder of Opening Doors Consultancy without his support. So that really is enough about me because this show is not about me, it is about the guests. So Kieran, 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 introduce yourself and actually correct me on how to say your name. <laughs> it is Kieran. Um, we've discussed this earlier is that, uh, yeah, sometimes I forget how to pronounce my name because so many people pronounce it differently that, uh, yeah, sometimes you have to question yourself. But um, I am a, a recruiter primarily. Um, I've been running my own business for uh, a long time now, uh, 18 plus years. Um, so most people will know me as a recruiter. Uh, I also do career coaching and some small business coaching, which is one of the things me and you have been doing and chatting about. Um, because obviously I've got experience of running a small business. Um, occasionally an extra, which people will have noticed off my uh, LinkedIn, which I've been doing since 2019. Marathon runner, everybody knows I talk about marathon running and I've got quite an eclectic life, marathon running. There's lots of things I'm really passionate about, which is also what makes me, I, I think also makes me good at the job I do because you have to be interested in people. And I am genuinely... You know, we'll get onto that, but I'm genuinely interested in people, which is one of the reasons I do what I do. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, I've been that's me. I've been working <laughs> self employed for a really, really, really long time and uh, pretty well known, mostly in sales and marketing and technology. And one of the things I do on the coaching side of things is occasionally I'm approached by people who aren't natural salespeople, and it's almost about teaching them to sell themselves because, or, or, or learn how to be salespeople. Because most people are naturally salespeople, but they just don't realize they are. Because we're all salespeople. We're brought up as salespeople. Children are the best salespeople on the planet. Um, Actually, I'm going to interrupt you, which I don't normally do. I want you to go right back to the story you told me yesterday about when you first started, when you were at school as a teenager. Because I think that's a really interesting story about your... You're on, I can't say the word this morning, entrepreneurial. Thank you, thank you for saving me. Can you tell everyone, because this is really interesting, because I, I like you, I started working at the, well actually I started working at eight, but then I took a Saturday job at 13. So yeah, share that story, because I think it's fascinating and inspiring. Well, we, we, we were discussing the fact that we both come from quite working class backgrounds. So I, I was brought up on a council estate, which, it, you know, creates a certain type of person, um, especially when it was the 1970s and, and 80s. Um, and I started working when I was about sort of I don't know, 13, 14. I started working, doing paper round like most people do. But then I I was looking for other ways to make money. And we were discuss, discussing that. Basically, I did what we called back then Bob a Job Week for the Scouts. So remember the Scout Troop. And... Um, 
so what I decided to do is everybody else was just doing it around their local area. But like, I wasn't going to make a great deal of money for the scouts by going around the council estate doing jobs for people because people didn't have money there. So I went to the poshest part of town and knocked on all the doors around there because that was where people were likely to have more money. So looking at it now, I realized that was quite an entrepreneurial way of thinking. But but what came off the back of that is that one of the people that we'd done gardening for and washing cars for, he came up to me and he said, you know, would you like to, you know, would you like to come and do this after, you know, not as a, as a scout? And I was like, what, what, because I was doing it with a friend and I said, what, me and this other chap? And he said, no, 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 just you, because he's, he's like, he's, he's a little, little lazy <laughs> and you've been working really, really hard and, and he's not really working that hard, but I trust you to do the job. And so what happened was, is that basically every Sunday I was going to this uh, chap's house and I was doing his lawns and, and for him and his wife, he was a retired person. He was, I think he used to be like the CEO of, of a very, he was, he was CEO of some large um, building plant company. So, you know, JCB type of company, um, retired, loads and loads of money, but obviously but the thing was, is then off the back of that, I had some of his neighbours have me do things occasionally. So I had my own little, without knowing it and calling it that at the time, because it's just not the way. I think kids now would probably think I'm being an entrepreneur, I've got my own little business. But I sort of had my own little Sunday business because I was paid quite a lot at the time. He was paying me quite a nice hourly rate. Um, but I did so much work as well as a teenager and when I was at university. And I kept that. Uh, Sunday business thing going all the way until I went to university and um, obviously I went you know far away for university so it was like I had to give that up but had that for many many years and that was that was kind of my first uh, I guess my fir first realization now when I look back on it that I was that I was being entrepreneurial and self-employed in, in the way I am and I think that sort of set the bedrock. That's just my personality is that to look for new and different ways to do stuff. And, you know, even then I was doing things differently. We raised more money than anybody else because we went around all the really most, we went to the biggest houses we could find because the people with the big cars, the big houses, you know, because they were the people that were going to give us the most money, you know, and they had the bigger houses. So it took longer to do stuff for us. Lots of, ways of thinking about it you didn't go to you know if I'd have gone round you know bless them if I'd have gone around my estate it would have taken two minutes to mow the lawns because the houses were tiny you're talking about these enormous houses and I used to spend the whole of Sunday morning mowing this guy's lawns they were huge wow. and and used to you know used to earn two or three hours worth of money but it's, but I've always been a grafter and I think that I'm always if I if I like it and I really enjoy gardening me and you have talked about gardening a lot and I still enjoy it and you know if you enjoy something in the same way I enjoy recruitment I enjoy coaching I enjoy my extras work I enjoy my running I enjoy all those things if you enjoy something you, you'll be passionate about it and you work really hard about it with it and so yeah that's how I started. So I'm thinking about that I'll link with working really young because I, I can remember I actually sold Avon on my street. So yeah, I was about the same age. I had so, like you, lots of different jobs I did to uh, support not just me, but also the family. So it went into the pot. So it helped 
bring the money in and, and it was about giving back to the family I suppose but um we just had a question which I think is really interesting you've actually been asked a question I love it when this happens so Joe who was our guest last week has said would you ever put your uh now I haven't got my glasses on so this make you laugh I actually got to put them on okay so would you ever put your past jobs pre-18 on your LinkedIn she said she's pondered this because I started when, when she was work, working at 16 or 17. I think it, she says, I, I personally think it shows a good work ethic. And I'd love to hear what you think. I think you should. Well, I've actually done that, I think. But what do you think? I, you know, I, I haven't really thought about it until now. But actually, I think if, if, it, if it's, I think anything that goes on your LinkedIn, as long as it's showing you in a positive light, I think that's really you really should be on there if it shows the right work ethic. And certainly when you have these bios on you, if you've got a website, if you're self-employed and you've got your own business and stuff like that, I think a lot of people just talk about the here and now. And, you know, they do a little bit because we're all told we've got to show a little bit of personality. So we say, you know, so at the bottom, the last line will say, uh, Joe is a mother of two and, you know, spends most of her time in the fields with a labradoodle or something like that. And that's like, oh, that's my personal that's my human sentence. But I think one of the things that I've always been successful with with my business is I bring, you know, sometimes I question myself, but I like to think that uh, a lot of candidates come back to me again and again and again for help and advice and, and come to me as customers because I'm very good at breaking down that barrier of being at work and talking about non-worky things and, and finding a connection. And I think if it gives people a connection to you and shows the right work ethic, as you say, then why not? If it shows that you're, so if you want to show yourself as entrepreneurial and you've done lots of really fun, exciting things. Um, like, I mean, I, I did, uh, I remember when I used to have my CV, obviously I've not had a CV in a long time, but I would focus a lot on stuff like I did university radio and was product, uh, was, uh, program controller and so on and so forth at the university radio and would I I don't have that on my LinkedIn I probably should but when I had a CV I made a point of putting it on there even though that was probably and I still would now even though it's 30 odd years ago because it shows you know while I was at university I wasn't just about partying and studying it was about you know I was running a radio station as for for a year and I was DJing the whole time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It shows you, you you're willing to do things differently. So yeah, I'd say shove it, shove it on your LinkedIn. Why not? If it, it, it as long as it shows you in a good light, I think anything that shows you in a bad light on LinkedIn, if it, you know, you've got to. It, it's all about showing yourself in a positive way and getting yourself out there. It's like a C. It is it is a, a public CV if you like, and this way. Yeah, I would. I'd agree with you on that. And it's, it's just in interesting thinking about things and, and thinking about how I've changed my LinkedIn page. And also, on top of everything, I wouldn't have a LinkedIn page if it wasn't for you. Because if you remember, at one point I had a LinkedIn page and then I took it down because I had this really strange relationship with social media. And you gave me a great big wrap over the knuckles. And my LinkedIn page before I set up opening doors was very much guided by you and I would say that the career advice you gave me at that time was exactly what I needed because I was in a pretty dark place if you remember and I couldn't mm. work out where I, I sat on that crossroads and this is where I really want to talk about how you helped me because I was stuck on that crossroads for about two years and you kept saying to me why didn't you start your own business and I was like well 
I'm not sure I've got the experience for that and I'm not sure and what would I do and you went you will find your way why don't you just jump in with both feet and I have to say I wouldn't have jumped in with both feet and then there are other people that have helped me along the way but you were the first person who turned around and said just do it and that's one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the show because you didn't just help me when I was looking for a job all those times years ago 12 13 years ago then when my career changed and I moved on to I'd got the the experience I needed you were like well set up on your own and help other people and that mm. is what you gave to me you you empowered me to believe in myself and I think that's really key so I've just talked about how you've helped me and how you've inspired me I'm wondering who has done the same for you along your journey well I was thinking about what you said there actually is that the reason I suggested to you to just jump in is because that's exactly what happened to me, is that I always think of myself, if I had a biography, not that I'm ever going to write one because I'll never be famous enough, but if I had a biography, it would be called something like The Accidental Entrepreneur because I literally, what happened was is I got into recruitment, and that's another story, so I, I went from sales into recruitment, worked for somebody for two years, and for various reasons I won't bore you guys with now, uh, me and, and the company parted ways. It was a bit acrimonious. Um, and I found myself out of work, nothing to do. And I had loads of, and I thought to myself, I want to be self-employed. So I had loads of little ideas of what I was going to do. I'd done a course in interior, I was doing a course in interior design, bizarrely, um, which is where the name Time to Change comes from, as well as, because it was one of these, I'm going to have it as a recruitment company. But in case I do decide to go into interior design, won't that be a good company title so it was like it was a it was a great company title for recruitment but it also had the possibilities of being anything else I wanted it to be and um but the reason I started in recruitment was really down to a customer of mine so he was the first person that really helped me out and the only reason and it, it was really he's a customer of mine today by the way so he was my first customer in 2003 and actually I'm literally just placed somebody with him a couple of months ago and once again I'm working on a job with him today so our relationship has spanned the best part of 20 years and he called he called me up on the Monday after I'd been unemployed and I was sitting there and I and he called me up and he said uh, oh, you know Karen I need this I need this salesperson I need a retail sales manager I can remember that I've even got the check printed up in a frame in my office I, I blew the check up to a4 size and i have it in a frame because that's what i recommend everybody does the first paycheck you get the first sales order keep it because that is like you can always go back to it. it's like a physical touchstone but anyway so and he called me up and he said and i said to him sorry you know sorry sorry mate i can't i can't help you because I, i'm no longer working for uh, this company and he said well who's that he says, I've always been buying from Karen Pearson, the recruiter. And I was like, yeah, but I was working for this company. And he says, well, I never knew that. He says, I don't really care. I, I buy from you. And I was like, but I'm not in recruitment anymore. And he said, well, I don't care. I need you to do this for me because I don't trust anybody else to do it. Sort it out. So I said to him, fine, I'll do this for you. Sort it out. I'll, I'll close a couple of other deals off with other companies. And it was always set, and, and it was really, I set the business up almost as a temporary fix, just to sort him out, because he was so insistent. He said, look, I don't care. You, you're the best recruiter I've ever dealt with. I need you to sort it out. And I was like, fine, I'll sort it out for you. That'll be a nice payday for me. 
and then I'll, I'll work out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life, you know, the rest of my life in very common. <laughs> 18 years later, <laughs> I'm still working with him and I'm still doing recruitment. And he gave me a right royal kick up the backside and said, look, I don't care. I just, you know, you've got, I think it was on a Friday or Thursday or Friday. He said, oh, you know, you've got to, because I remember him giving me like a, a deadline of like, you've got till Monday and then we'll, I'll brief you on the job and you better get it sorted for me. So I had to do it to help him out. And actually that was the best thing that could happen. And so I basically spent the weekend and I, and that's what I said to you about just throw yourself in because mm. I had to create, I created my whole business, registered at it, made the business, chose the name, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, did the branding and everything in a week. So I could then, go out there and start asking people for jobs. And I literally remember sitting at my coffee table with my partner at the time when we were going through Karen Pearson recruitment consultancy. No, I don't like that. You know, and I lived in a house in um, Newtown Road. So I was like, what, Newtown, that's sort of new beginnings. No, don't like that. And I put time for change, but unfortunately time for change limited had gone. So time to change was born and that's how you go. And like I said, I liked it because I never really wanted to, because I'm a quite, I like a, a, a lot of eclectic things in my life. I have lots of different hobbies. I, I'm a, a jack of all trades kind of person. And so I didn't really see myself being in recruitment for forever, which is probably why I have what people love to call portfolio careers now. So I have since 2019, I've been working as an extra and occasionally. So every month I like to try to give at least a couple of days doing that and um and then i do the coaching but the coaching came out of just loving to help people out so like when you called and you said duh, 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 and you were and i could just tell you're entrepreneurial and i was like go 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 do it just do it but the thing is is don't think about it is is a lot of people spend all their time going i need a website i need marketing i need a logo i need a it depends on the obviously if you're opening up a cafe yes 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 you need all those things but if you're opening up a consultancy or something like that, what you really need is customers. What you really need is to talk to people. And the only way you're going to get that is by grabbing your mobile phone, grabbing your computer, and just damn well getting on with it. And, it's, you know, you can spend your whole time coming up with these lovely business plans, but then you could have spent two months doing your lovely business plan and get nowhere. The only way you're really – I literally didn't have a website for probably – and I wouldn't recommend people do this now because I've learned. <laughs> but I didn't have a website for five years because I was too busy recruiting. I was just like recruit, 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 recruit. I was just, I just became from that one call from my client telling me to sort my life out and sort his life out because he was desperate. Um, I then got other customers from my old business calling me up and then I started doing a little bit of new business. And before I knew it, I was so busy I didn't have time to do, I had to actually then physically make myself, you know, and the reason I have quite a basic logo, it was, it was all that me and my partner at the time could do in word art. So that's why it's got that kind of retro. So I've, I've retrofitted it by saying, yeah, but I wanted to go for a real kind of 80s kind of vibe because I had to retrofit the story to fit the fact that I just lack talent in that yeah, that, that's, that's the salesperson coming in. Cause I was watching, I was actually watching The Apprentice last night and they did this beer, which the branding was the branding, but people kept saying it was old fashioned. And I sat with my husband and went, why haven't they just spanned that and said it's retro? 
I don't understand why they hadn't yeah. used the the they went oh no it's got a retro feel okay the beer was terrible and you know the apprentice is not something you necessarily want to watch I watch it because I find it fascinating that people can be and I know it's tv of course it's tv but people can be so full of themselves because I'm just left going surely there should be some humility here and I know it's good TV and I shouldn't talk about it. And I'm not saying it's a bad program because I am a fan. I, I do watch and I think I've watched every single series of it because I, I actually learn a lot from it of what I don't want to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I used to be obsessed with The Apprentice. I used to absolutely love it. I mean, I'm not, I don't watch it now, but with the first few seasons, I was absolutely obsessed by it. Yeah. It's, uh, and you do yeah. learn, you do learn, you do learn from it because um, and I learned from all my customers and and, and my peers. I, I've got, uh, you know, people think that uh, recruiters kind of, uh, and coaches to a certain extent, uh, recruiters and, and and people in business coaching, career coaching, that we're all kind of enemies. And yeah, I have, I would say f that, that phrase, what is it, fremenies? Is it fremenies? Were your friends and enemies? Yeah, it's fremenies. Um, I've friend enemies isn't it I, I don't know I know I've, I've had it when I had when I had um when I first started out I would say a large proportion of the business I made was by acting like a resourcer for other because there were other uh, people setting up recruitment businesses at the time who were very well connected within the industry but they didn't want they liked all the prestige of running a business and so on but didn't necessarily like all the grafting in terms of talking to because what people don't see behind the scenes of a recruitment company is the grafting, especially if you're running a small business, you have to do. So they think, well, I've got loads of connections and stuff like that. But there's an amount of time that if you don't graft those connections, you might be the most connected person in the IT industry. But there'll be a time when you eat up all those connections, then you've got to start grafting. And they didn't want to necessarily do that. So I do the grafting for them and they'd give me half of the fee. So they'd be using their connections to get into companies. So like uh, I placed loads and loads of people at Fujitsu through another third party, but I was never on Fujitsu's books um, because I was feeding the candidates to him and he was feeding the candidates through as if it was him. And I didn't mind because I was making half the fee and kept the relationship with the candidates. And, you know, that that's the other thing is, is looking at different revenue streams. And that's one of the things that's made me successful, I think, in helping people with small businesses is because one of the things I'm very good at is listening and asking questions which fundamentally like i said to you my kind of tagline for it is constructive conversations because i think what it is is i can give people advice and i think there's a lot of people out there that call them that say they're business coaches and some of them are absolutely amazing but a lot of people are, are telling people what to do all the time and i think you know sometimes we all need a kick up the backside and i've just explained i got that but i also think we just need people to listen to us and then just go have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Just throw ideas around. And one of the best things that I've had from being coached is myself, is people just giving me a different way to, to look at things. Because actually my belief is that everybody, like you had all the answers inside you. You just needed somebody to, to grab the pom-poms and go, go Kirsty, go Kirsty. <laughs> you still do that. You just yeah, exactly. You, so, you just touched on something which is really interesting because I, I know we had this conversation as well. Um, coaches need to be coached and you, know, you, you support and give me good business advice and business coaching and I've got a couple of other people that I turn to and of course I joined the Tech Pixies so I could learn how to do social mm -hmm. media. So I, I, I do invest in myself. I 
well rather I know that you did an amazing bit of coaching which is very out there and very different and we hear the phrase compare and despair and we were talking about the automatic negative thoughts yesterday that you you actually yes. Yes. say internally and I'd love you to share that story because it is really inspirational and very powerful so oh, I, if you don't I, mind. I know what you're, what you're talking about is yes it once again this is helping people out is uh, I'm a big fan of of uh coaching and also uh, therapy if you need it and and counseling whatever it might be and a friend of mine contacted me and said oh, i've got this friend who's doing equine coaching um, which is basically coaching stroke counseling using horses and she said she needs people to practice on she needs case studies will you be a case study and i was like yeah i'm in for that you know because i always know i've got i've got loads of stuff that i need sorting out in my head and stuff like that. so i've always got something that i can sort out and so I went and worked with this amazing individual who does equine therapy. She's absolutely a star, um, really, really, really clever. And went and worked with her and, and her horse. Um, and there was a couple of the horses in the paddock. And there's a couple of the exercises she got me to do that really stand out to me. But one of them was about negative thoughts. Like I'm a, a devil for you know, people see me as a really positive, upbeat kind of guy because like, well, you run marathons, you run 100Ks, you run, you know, you, you run your own business all on your own for 18 years. You, you know, I live and work on my own. So you've got to be really super motivated and upbeat. And I am super motivated and upbeat. But I also have this little devil on my shoulder that's constantly going, you're rubbish, you're rubbish, you're rubbish. And I'm a, I'm a devil for knocking myself down. So what she got me to do is she said, right, take my horse, Lily, take her across the field and she's your 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 inner self talk to her the way you would talk to yourself no holes barred full-on swear shout whatever you do and so i did that she, and she was the other side of the field she, she couldn't hear what i was saying so i was being really horrible to this to this horse saying all these horrible things and the horse starts going puts its head down looks really sad and then she got, we talked, and the thing was, is that I thought, oh, you know, I felt like I've been doing this for ages. It turned out I'd only been talking to this horse for about three minutes. And she was like, how did that make you feel? And I was like, oh, it made me feel terrible because I, I love animals. I love horses. I love dogs. And I was like, make me feel terrible. Makes me feel awful. She's like, well, how, how long did you do that for? And I said, look at what it's made Lily. Lily's made Lily could sense my, obviously the words don't mean anything to her, but she could sense my emotions. And and I said, oh, it made her feel really negative. And she was like, well, how long do you, did you think you were doing that for? And I said, oh, it felt like about five minutes. And it was something like about a minute and a half, actually. But it felt like forever. And she's like, well, how long do you do that to yourself? And I'm like, well, you know, hours. <laughs> you know, you could sit laying in bed for hours doing it to yourself. And she was like, and then, and then she got me to go over to the other side of the field and do the opposite and tell. Uh, and we had a scenario that we we're working to. And she says, take a positive spin on that scenario. And it was like, you know, and I was saying to the horse, don't worry, we all make mistakes, you're amazing. And the, the thing is, is that it's, a, it's an old thing. You see lots of memes on the thing about negative talk. And it's like, would a friend, would you talk to a friend that way? But actually having it physically, having that physical situation, and I recommend it to anybody that's got this negative talk thing. So actually, because no, we wouldn't talk to our friends the way we would talk. We wouldn't talk to our friends the way we would talk to ourselves. But when you actually see it in a physical way, 
And to do it to a horse rather than a person is probably the best thing to do because the horse will forgive you. Um, and, and, and actually, it was really interesting to see the body language from the horse when I was going, you're amazing, you're great. I wasn't touching her, I was just talking to her. But because I was oozing positivity and forgiving her, and I think it's really important to forgive ourselves when we make mistakes, not berate ourselves. And that, but actually, so whenever I feel start being negative, and don't get me wrong, I still am that negative towards myself. I still give myself a good telling off, um, because you know that's just my personality. But I do often think about her, and we did other exercises as well on boundaries. And I told you the one about boundaries with there was a, a bunch of horses had a big bag of carrots, and it was about one of them was very pushy, one of them wasn't pushy, one of them was shy. Lily's very shy, and it was going across the field, stopping the pushy people from pushing pushy horse from getting my carrots before I gave it to the quieter one first and so on and so forth. And that was a boundary boundaries exercise, which is also very, very um, important. But the, 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 the negative talk one was really, really good. And it really stuck with me. So I recommend equine counseling to anybody because working with horses, it's a very, if you've got a very picture driven graphic kind of brain, it just gives you it's, it, experientially is so much better to actually do it and i'm a massive fan of of that so karen thank you on, but it is a really it's really interesting i could talk about it passionately for hours because it is a really really fascinating and it was something i thought that's a load of hokum when i first went oh. into it We've had some really lovely comments. You're not going to believe this when I say this to you, because yesterday we're, we're, we're running out of time. I've seen. Yeah, because you said to me, you say we're really nervous, and and it, we won't get, we won't fill the space. Well, I'm telling you, we've been talking for nearly thirty minutes, so we yeah. can easily fill the space. Um, we've got some lovely comments, so I will ask you to go onto LinkedIn later and fill them in and and just give your advice because they, 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 we've had people really engaged in this conversation, and normally I pop into them, but. Yeah, I'm not going to get that chance. But yeah, sorry, I, I was so passionate. I'm so passionate about that. <laughs> no, don't. I, I, please don't. I love it's your amazing. passion. It's I, amazing, I love it's an amazing thing. So I always finish the call off with you can throw any question at me because you've been in the hot seat for nearly 30 minutes. So is there anything you want to throw at me and see if I can answer it without being yeah, too much waffle? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I hate these kind of things because I, I know you really, really well and I don't know what to ask you. So That's um, fine. <laughs> who's your next guest? That would be who's the next guest? Oh, next? now the next guest is actually brilliant. And funny enough, she is very much on the automatic ne negative thoughts and she calls them. And there are some people listening today who know her like Annette and Rubina and they call her Joy Foster. And Joy is like you one of the main reasons I managed to get over my fear of failure, why I managed to control my compare and despair and actually shape the business to be where it is today. So Joy Foster is joining me next week and I am so excited. And yes, yeah, she we she's going to probably talk about stamping those ants. And yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's a really lovely follow on actually from you. It's two very important people in my life. So thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Pleasure. Always a pleasure to help you out. And I will look on the comments. And sorry, we can't answer them today. It's half an <laughs> hour short, Kirsty. You'll need to expand. <laughs> Trying to keep it short so we don't we we don't um we don't take too much time. It's like a coffee a coffee break. I'll leave it on that note. <laughs> well, I'll just go and get myself a cup of tea and some cake now. Awesome. <laughs> okay.